Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Table Manners, with me, Jessie Ware, and my dear mother, Lenny. Hi. Hi, Mum. How are you? I'm all right. It's nice to do one in daylight. It is. Yeah. We're doing a lunch today Yeah. for a woman who, weirdly, I've been likened to a lot with singing and who I think has a, a wonderful voice So, and has one of the most kind of known pop songs of the last kind of 20 years which um, one's that one and I miss you like the deserts miss the rain oh I love that and song and I miss you yeah see everyone knows that song um, amongst, is that everything but the girl that's everything but the girl however we have the singer from everything but the girl who is Tracy Thorne Tracy Thorne has got her own solo project um, under her own name and has had an album out this um, year it's either called record or record I'm not sure potato potato well it's either a verb or a noun yes and she's also a novelist. She wrote a memoir in 2013, which is called Bedsit Disco Queen, How I Grew Up and Tried to Be a Pop Star. Uh, her last book was all about singing and singers. And I'm very interested about that, being a singer, but also kind of she talks about the technicalities and what makes a good singer. And yeah, I'd like to delve further into that. What is on the menu today, Mum? I've made a kind of Vietnamese dish, which is um, salmon poached in a lemongrass and ginger broth mm. with with noodles and greens and vegetables lovely yeah. light light very light and what's for pud it's a chocolate um truffle tort that alex made mm. with raspberries and cream and a meringue base yeah and then we 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 zested some tangerine into the Yes. cream which actually hasn't really worked but it's fine mum was trying to look for her off um rose water that she used she went i used it I 10 years ever, ago no, i've never opened it it's oh, brand no. new so i don't know where it is um yeah okay cool so, uh tracy thorne coming up on table manners i don't think we've done very well on that introduction no. darling no. it's bloody you shit like... your mouth's not working no would you like to have a go no Like a glass of wine, or would you like gin? Think, we didn't know whether you were going to do that, so like we're down if you want. Okay, amazing. Cheers. cheers. Oh, cheers. cheers! Thank you for having me. Cheers. Uh, thank you. Oh, cheers, mum. Cheers, darling. 
my nephew James, I promised I'd mention him. Oh, really? <laughs> who's, who's like 33. He said to me, have you heard this brilliant new Jessie Ware podcast? Is that... And so did, were you already booked for this massive, by then? No, no, hadn't even oh my God, for it. So we were chatting about that. He was telling me all about it. I had heard about it. I hadn't listened to them at that stage. Um, and then I got the call on my way home on Thursday. Do you want to be... So I was like texting going, Jess, you won't believe it, but I've just been up. Oh, that's so, so nice. It was so cool. Well, so, is it anyway, James? Is this, is this... Yeah, absolutely loving the well, podcast. Well, I, I mean, I, I, he may be my biggest fan, but I have seen you tweet me sometimes. Yeah, You've been there from the start, yeah. Tracy. <laughs> always on Twitter. I always remember, like, you'd always be really nice after, like, a Jules Holland performance or something, yeah. which is the most petrifying. I don't know. You've obviously done Jules. I have, and it is scary, isn't it? It gets a little easier once Jules is Jules is the sweetest man. I in think the world. he's really good actually at just making you feel at ease, and I'm totally. pretty hard to feel at ease, especially when I, I don't do the performing live bit anymore. But when I still used do to you? do that, I still used to find Jules terrifying. But you, well, no, well, I mean, just because you don't need I to. don't, yeah, I don't particularly need to. I never, it was never my favourite bit, so yeah. I had a break for a while, and then I've come back to you know recording again. But I sort of feel I'm going to just do the bits I love now. Is it that's rec- the virtue it- of getting older, and you can just choose to? You're not old. Is it do record or record? I'm. I say record. I think, but okay. I don't. I mean, it's kind of meant to be a bit ambiguous, so you could it could be either. But you're still making music. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But with no intention to perform it live. No. So which I find quite liberating because then, especially with this record, I didn't have that worry about. Okay, so this is very electronic. You know how we're going to reproduce this live because we did all that. You know, back with everything but the girl in the nineties, and I did all that. How do you translate an electronic record into being live? You must. Have all I mean, these conversations. Yeah. How much of it do you want to be live? How much do you rely on program stuff? So to me, it's quite a relief not to have to even have that thought in my head. I can just do whatever I want. Mm. And also, when you're singing a vocal, not thinking, "Oh, this one's going to be a bugger." To sing. <laughs> you know, that high note I'm singing now. Do I really hey, want to do that? Because I have to do that every night. <laughs> I hear you. I've absolutely buggered myself from doing such high, bloody songs yeah. that are great. And you've got a bit of auto tune in the bloody in the older well. in the studio. Um, how do you feel about auto-tune? Uh, Have you ever used it? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's been used on my <laughs> vocal, probably when I'm out of the room. I mean, when, I remember Ben produced a singer, I'm not going to say who, a few years uh-huh. ago. And um, when she went out of the room, they used a bit of auto-tune. And then she came back and said, it's sounding amazing. And he'd be like, we've got this new compressor. <laughs> the magic compressor you know, makes it sound amazing. auto-tune is when they so tune can, up your vocal. You know, I think it's useful to fix the odd notes. Yeah, that's so yeah. To save you doing that thing of going over and over and over again until you kill it. Stone and if dead. you've got a killer so, performance, yeah, and I, I think why not fix it? I'm interested because you have this book about singing. Yeah, and I talked a bit about auto tune there because I I kind of brought it up as one of these things that now people have an opinion out about, even if they don't know much about it. Mm. And also people will say, you know, oh I don't like auto tune, but I like this record. And you think, well, there's probably a bit of auto tune on that record. It's like they think they can tell. And I think what they mean often is that kind of sound when it gets used, you know, to death on yes. a vocal. So you can hear that that sort of yeah. slightly plasticky sound of a voice that's been put through it. Um, but, you know, again, when that's used deliberately, it creates its own sound. And sometimes I quite like that. If you're doing it deliberately to get a sort of slightly artificial effect, then... I think it's again, it like seems old like old Flowrider. I mean, he really... You know, yeah. T-Pain, whatever. But I, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm... I, my my producer of my first record, Dave, was like a purist, and he yeah. wouldn't let me have it on the right. first oh, okay. record. Um, <laughs> he called it wide tuning if I was oh. a bit out of tune, and it was fine. And yeah. 
And then I worked with loads of LA people and, and they were like, literally, they just stick it on. And loads yeah. of the top liners now, they will go and try and work out melodies with huge amounts of auto-tune on. Yeah. To okay. try, so they don't feel embarrassed yeah, when yeah. they're trying to like work out a melody and they're singing to a kind of riff or whatever. Yeah. But anyway. But um, I, I thank you very much for being so uh, lovely about me and to me on Twitter. I've always just like, it's always been amazing having like your name pop up Aww. and kind of, but I just, I, so you will never perform live again or never well, say I don't never? Know. Yeah, I'm never say never. I mean, you know, things change. And what I need now is a, a kind of reason to want to do it that would feel like a new reason. Because I did it for all those years. And again, you know, I used to suffer from stage fright, but I had the sort of motivation to get through that. Mm. But, you know, that drive to prove myself, get out there on a stage, be this kind of person. Mm. Um, so I'd need something to happen that would make me think, OK, that's a good reason to do it. I don't want to get into doing it just in that slightly routine way. So you way never enjoyed it? Yes, I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, but not always. What, and because not of the without. stage fright? Yeah, I think so. Also, there's bits of it that are just boring, don't you think? I mean, yeah. speaking honestly. I mean, I've just again, having done from, it for years, yeah. you know, it does become a bit. It's like the routine bit of it, doing the same songs over and over and over again. I I don't know how things changed for you from after post missing coming out. Yeah. Did it just go kind of stratospheric, like well, it was relentless, or was it because you you've been in everything but the girl since the eighties? Yeah, yeah. And we started in about eighty three. So then I can carried on and I was still touring until like 2000. So that's, you know, 17 years of it. Quite a lot of albums and, and a lot of tours. I don't so. know if, I didn't know this, but the, um, you're a duo in Everything But The Girl and the gentleman in uh, um, the duo, Ben, yes. is your husband. Yes. Yeah, so all those... Were you yeah. always going out? Yeah, right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. We got together on our first day at university. Um, and Hull. Yeah. And what within three months, we'd sort of formed a band together. So, yeah, we were both doing English. He was doing English and drama. Right. You did English, didn't you? I did do English, so, yeah. 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 I, I wasn't very good at it. It really put me off reading, to be <laughs> oh, honest. No, it's terrible, terrible, isn't it? Oh. It's really bad. But, um, yeah, so again, so that, you know, for a while it was fantastic. You know, those years of just, we did all our travelling together. You know, it was lovely. Um, but I do think there came a point. And then we had kids you know the other thing that's that happened when I I stopped her you know it was partly because we had kids and so then mm. that developed another whole part of our life together so now okay so we're in a band together and we're a couple and we've got kids with parents so it just suddenly seemed like too much mm -hmm. together so when did we've you kind have, of extracted a little bit of our lives right. apart which when did you sense. have your first child then? I had twins in oh, wow. 98 so they're 20 now okay yeah and, and then, then we carried on touring, okay. carried on touring a little bit. Took them with us on one tour. Eighteen yeah. months old they how, were. How was that? Uh, a nightmare, actually. I mean, I hear people say they managed to make it work, and I'm full You're of admiration. So similar. You've done the same I, thing. This is. I, I, I found I, it hard. Yeah. So I just came back yeah, from touring with done my it, daughter. Taking yours with you. Yeah, but I didn't have twins. No. <laughs> and I had my brother coming along to help. So I think like we had an extra pair of hands. Yeah. And I don't know whether you had a nanny. We took a home. nanny. You'd and have to because you're both on stage. Who's going to look after? And the I remember thinking this will be fine. You know, this is fine. You just you can have a nanny. But then during the day, you know, the kids wanted to be with me obviously so I'd be sort of doing taking them out to the nearby park and then you'd get on the bus and go to the next venue then you'd take them to the sound check and let them play on stage that That's would be exactly fun what you've then they'd go and have their done. tea backstage yeah. you'd kiss the, them goodnight then I would take own. them back to the hotel and try and get them settled to bed and then I'd oh, rush shit, back you did that well I tried to I think I said <laughs> right, to work. 
But then there's that moment when you find yourself back in the dressing room, you've got to put all the slap on your face yeah. and go out on stage and be uh, jazz hands thing. And I found that quite weird, like going between being mum and then pop star. That's exactly so that. I've just, I'm exhausted. Because Alex stopped it. So funny, because I, you know, I finished my tour on Sunday. Yeah. She didn't come to the UK. She came to a bit of it, to Manchester, for where, where our family was, but completely understand what you're talking about mm. it's this thing where you know we tell me like please tell me if you disagree but like i feel like we're indulged as it's a job that's rather indulgent yeah. it's hard work but it's indulgent yeah no and i think so you're indulged to be ready to get into this zone yeah but when you have a kid yeah you feel guilty if you're trying to get yeah. into that zone you're damned yeah. if you do and you're damned if you don't and yeah. it's like i felt like a headless chicken most of the time I felt like I just wasn't doing either job very well. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, again, I'm not sitting here trying to put you off no, 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 with no, your no, no, kid. No, no, I think no, you should, because no. if you can make it work. But um, I, I went through those stages of feeling like I'm not giving them any attention and I'm out on stage with my head all over the place. And so it's tricky. So that was quite a big factor to kind so of So it stop. was. But also, don't forget, at that stage, I'd been doing it for a long time. Yeah. So I had that luxury of thinking, okay, do you know what? I've done it. I've achieved, we'd had the whole hit with missing and everything. I think I felt... I've sort of proved everything I need to prove. If, See, if I, I have a brain yeah. now, it's like... What are your, your girls doing now? So they're both at uh, uni now. One's off doing biomedical science, whatever that <gasps> might be. Tough. And then the other one's an art student. Fabulous. So they've decided to be the polar do, opposite of Do either of, of them want to get into music? No, I don't think so. And but then we've got a younger son sorry. as well who's 17 and he's in a band and Uh-oh. plays the guitar all day long. So we'll see. <laughs> what I know about everything the girl... Um, but the girl, um, I'm, forgive me if I get anything wrong. No, don't worry. But you kind of started as this rather, it was quite jazzy. Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, Ben's dad was a jazz musician, oh, so okay. a little bit of that came from him. Um, but it was also that time, it was like the early 80s, um, in the wake of, you know, punk and post-punk coming along, sort of stirring up rock music. Which there you was adored. A, you, yeah, I you was, that was that, got, yeah. got me started. But then there was that sort of movement to, like, bring in all sorts of other influences. So, you know, people were listening to jazz and ska and reggae and yeah. all sorts of things. So it became like this real melting pot for a while. And that's kind of what we came out of. Not about rock and roll particularly, all about all sorts of other things. Was it weird for you then to have... And I know you've talked about the fact that you were experimenting with dance and beats before missing yeah. was such a hit yeah but was there a frustration with the fact that missing was such a hit with this kind of it was it the remix that yeah kind of, todd terry's remix was the one that did that because I, I know people are very nice but i've got this remix of this song called running which i'm very yeah, proud yeah. of and the remix <laughs> is far bigger than the the original and i'm like and i love the remix but and really annoys me when people go I love running the remix and I'm like I shouldn't be annoyed because it's bloody good but I'm like you should listen to the original but um actually your original was pretty similar to the Todd Terry one it was and I think also you know we'd been around the block so many times by then and we'd had a couple of hits already so there was always that and then and then our career had taken a downturn so honestly when Missing came along it was just like a kind of massive late bonus a late unexpected goal we weren't expecting when you say taking a downturn yeah like what like yeah no musically things had tailed off a bit sort of late 80s early 90s mm. and then we had a bit of a resurgence and then you know suddenly out of the blue a massive hit so I remember just thinking this is a bonus didn't expect this so I didn't mind that it was a, a remix I did, thought whatever it you know works yeah. for people and did 
things changed drastically once that came out, kind of with being recognised and kind yeah. of your life, did it change? It, I mean, yeah, it did. I can remember that period, you know, for the sort of couple of years after that was the only period when I remember feeling like I was sort of living that kind of pop star life and people mm. were sort of reacting to us like we were pop stars. And again, I think because we've been doing it for quite a long time, we just kind of thought, this is fun, let's enjoy this. So you, did it, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was good. Where does Everything But The Girl come from? It comes from uh, a furniture shop in Hull. Oh, how <laughs> funny. <laughs> quite literally. So this was their slogan, painted in huge letters on the front. So the idea, I think, was, you know, they can sell you Everything But The Girl to make your home complete. Oh, how so you're setting cool. up it. So it's like corny and we thought it was funny. We thought we were going to make one single. So we thought, well, let's have a kind of slightly funny throwaway name. We won't have to be explaining this for 35 years, will we? Such a good name. So I don't know whether if we'd known we were going to be explaining it for so long, we'd have come up with something. I've just got to tell you about Antonise. He's a Greek friend. Yeah. I've got a house in Greece. And so I've got lots of Greek friends. Only a little house. It's not grand. But Antonise... gave me that record and said, you know, I do think Jesse and Tracy have very, very similar... There's I've been, something I've very been, similar about both of them. People make this, like, connection with me and you. Right. Jesse's very flattered. Oh, yeah. God, I'm very flattered. No. So, Anthony gave me this record when they stayed here, and um, he, when he found out you were coming for lunch, he said he was ready to fly over just to see you. And he said that he ran some sort of fan club in Greece for, for oh, wow. you, Anthony Gilkos, and he wondered if you'd remember him. Do you know what? That name does actually sound okay. familiar. I, yeah, and I'm not even that up. I'm not even he was a DJ. He, yeah. he, he DJs, and he's a graphic designer and DJs, yeah. but he still adores you. Fantastic. So he was oh, very, so very nice. excited. Oh, well, I'll say hi. Yeah, oh, I'll say hi. Hello. So then he bought me the album, which is... How it introduced me to you. Okay. Oh, well, so, and you're a fantastic lyricist. Thank yes. you. Yes. Just Thank wonderful. You. And I wanted to ask about lyrics because... You mean how to write? Yeah, lyrics. please can you tell me how to write. Um, but I've always been really annoyed by this question that I got asked a lot, especially when it was quite public that I was getting married around the second record. And they were, they were like, you make such melancholy. Yeah, I've heard people, music. I've seen people ask you that. How can you write songs now you're happy? And I'm like, oh, that makes me cross, actually. Because Does that make you cross? It, it, it just, um, I just think that it, 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 it's so, it's such a simple kind of, it, it, it just makes no sense to me. Because no, it doesn't. Well, also, it, it diminishes the idea that you're a creative artist with imagination and ideas right. in your head well you I know. wondered whether you've ever had that because yeah, all people the time. are aware all that you were time. in a relationship yeah. with how can and you you're... write about it's like well what so all I can talk about is what happened in my life you know you take I think you take experiences from everywhere totally. and things people tell you memories that things might have happened to you in the past or you know use your imagination don't you I there was something you said in your book about it was it was about you in your first band mm. and you sung in a wardrobe, was Inside it? the wardrobe, yeah. Yeah, and you like hid in the wardrobe because you didn't want people to yeah. see Yeah, I mean, you. that was I was still only about sort of 17 and, uh, you know, in my first band and in someone's bedroom rehearsing and I hadn't sung at all at that point. I was the guitarist. Oh, right. So they said, you know, can, and our singer didn't turn up one day, so they said, can you sing? And I said, well, I don't know. I've never tried. So but I said, I certainly can't do it if you're all looking at me. So I'll get inside the wardrobe and I took the microphone and literally shut the door behind me. So, so do you play instruments? 
Yeah, I play guitar and a bit of piano. I mean, I play enough to write songs Did you learn too. as a child? I did. I had piano <coughs> lessons. I wish Jessie had had Well, them. I don't know. It's no help. I don't know. I think it would help me start an idea at think? home better I'm than rubbish piano. now. I mean, all I learned to play as a child was scales and then a bit of Mozart. You know, that's no use. So Especially now when I you s- like into jazz. Yeah, so and now I sit down and I, les- I pick out these hopeless little chords. and But that's just a start. I just think... Do you still play? Well, only to do that, only to write songs, really. I sit at the piano. Just see if any could do that. I know, well, I've been intending, but then, like, everyone. For a pushy Jewish mother, you did fail me, actually. (laughs) You got me an alcoholic uh, piano teacher. Uh, What about singing lessons? Have you had singing lessons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did actually. I I had classical singing lessons. Did you? Yeah, but just because it was the only option at school. Yeah, and okay. Grade eight. Jane Humphrey reading music. Yeah, but what I mean, and also couldn't go and do the grade eights because <gasps> I couldn't do the. So I think I had to do like the Trinity did, version or yeah. Guildhall, whichever one's easier to get the grade. <laughs> I, I did, um, and it wasn't that I was bothered about getting that title. Yeah. It was more, I think it's really helped me with kind of how I look after my voice. I was going to say, it must be useful. You must have learned stuff. Yeah, I think it was helpful. Like helpful for projection yeah. and kind of just. Even though, actually, I, I'm pretty bad with my breathing on stage, I definitely can... Uh, I, I Well, I, I, I've got better because I've, yeah. I've realised that it's a marathon and you yeah. can't lose your voice. Uh, and that was always my terror. That was the big thing, just it's going to go, you know. Because I've basically got a kind of... The, the good thing about my voice is it's intimacy. You know, I'm mm. good up close. I'm good sounding mm. like I'm whispering in your ear. So then having to project and do that night after night, that was, it used to put such a strain. And I would just stand there thinking, it's going to go in a minute, it's going to go in a minute. And it hardly ever does, but you just... Yours did once. That mindset. Mine did, yeah, yeah, mine did once, yeah. very early on, I think, and that's why it stayed with me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You grew up here just outside of North London. Yeah, suburbs. What was dinner time at your family's like? Did you eat together? What did you eat? You know, so when I was a little kid, so we're talking 1960s, mm-hmm. um, I grew up eating completely standard British food of that time. So a really narrow range of food. Mm-hmm. So literally lamb chops, liver and bacon, steak and kidney pie, fish and chips, a roast on Sunday. Got it. Um, so that was it. Literally nothing fancy, no frills, and not really anything um, you'd call foreign food, yeah. in inverted commas. Um, and then then in the 70s, I think my mum got a little bit more into sort of convenience things. I remember her getting a 
a plug-in deep fat fryer. <laughs> so we started having more fried things. That and that great. was considered a bit of a sort of step up because right. we thought that was a bit more sophisticated, uh-huh. you know, having the fryer. Was it mostly kind so, of chips that you were frying? Yeah, and, and yeah. fish? I don't know. What? Yeah, I've never had a deep no, fat fryer. My grandma had a deep fat fryer. She had a chip pan. Chip yeah. pan. I think yeah. it was mostly chips. There's so nothing you know, like a, a deep... There's nothing like, like home-cooked chip. No, they're very ones. good. But I did, what it meant was growing up, I didn't experience any other types of food and I was a bit of a fussy child anyway so you know I grew up eating quite a narrow range yeah what did you have for dinner last night now you know you're a pop star you've probably (laughs) traveled the world eaten a lot of different foods all over the world I presume um how's your taste buds now yeah no it's fine I mean so last night was an almost typical one which was me cooking for six people because it was all the kids and one of the girls boyfriends was around as well and so I did this kind of meal, which is the epitome of what I've cooked really for the last few years, which is basically a meal that will suit everyone, even okay. though everyone kind of wants to be eating something different. Yeah. So I cooked a few, I grilled a few steaks, put them on a plate in the middle. Mm-hmm. There was a salad on the table. There was some tomato pasta on the table. There was some broccoli, some mushrooms and some chips. So literally the oh, six people... Oh, like a buffet. Well, but that's the six people around the table probably all had something slightly different. Two of them are vegetarians, so they had the pasta and the broccoli. Who were the vegetarians? This, my daughter and her boyfriend. Okay. Me and Ben like, had a steak and a salad. The other two had more chips. Do you know what I mean? So it felt like we're all eating together. I mean, I've... I've got really good at doing that. So I do a meal where everything comes to the table in separate things. Six people might be eating. They might all that be... sounds but like it a feels, pain in the arse for you. Well, but it's just a way of meaning you all eat together. Is that and important to you then? Because, yeah, yeah. So I've always done that with the kids and we've always had dinner time. But it doesn't mean I'm cooking anything necessarily particularly fancy, but no. it just means we all sit together. And it means, I suppose I do put in bit, that bit of extra effort to accommodate people's It's the ritual being able to have... And it also is, it's that like chance it. to have... I mean, everyone sits and chats and yeah so we've always done that but so that's the kind of that's my cooking now it's those sorts of family meals do any of your family do the cooking or is it always you the cook in the family i am pretty much the cook ben does it occasionally and he's perfectly capable of cooking a meal but i think we've just slipped into that thing that couples do where yeah. you each have your sort of areas of responsibility you're a londoner do you eat out a lot not masses i don't think when the kids were younger, bizarrely, we had a ritual routine where we'd eat out once a week because it was that night. thing of doing... De- we didn't never yeah. called it that because yeah. that's such an awful phrase, but we did, we did at least... <laughs> it really is. It's so horrible. It's bloody it annoying. It puts pressure on you. But I think yeah. we did just think there has to be one evening of the week when we leave the house together and sit totally. down and someone else does the cooking. And it was brilliant. I have to, And we wouldn't go anywhere fancy necessarily, maybe just around the corner to the local. Yeah. Um now they're a bit older and life is a bit freer anyway and quite often it's just us on our own anyway eating dinner. There isn't quite such that feeling that, you know, we've got to go out. I would have thought maybe you'd so, go out a bit more now. Well, I think they're... we will eventually. We'll get back into the swing of it once they've properly left out. The evenings now are so kind of unpredictable, whether people are in or out. <laughs> I never know who's in for dinner. It's quite hard Mom, to plan like anything. You. Quite hard when to plan. Were, yeah. Yeah. But um, are there any particular restaurants that you absolutely love? whether they're local or... There was a lovely place, annoyingly, that's closed down in Camden called Market, which was a really nice restaurant on Parkway. And it was was like a sort of New York restaurant and it had that vibe of being like a proper neighbourhood restaurant, but like really good food and, you know, bare brick walls and quite simple. It wasn't the meaty place, was it? 
I think I've had a Barnsbury, it might have been a bit meaty chop. What are they called? Barnsbury. I think I have. Yeah, Barnsley chop. Yeah, it wasn't. It was kind of like a modest kind of place. It just did. Yeah, that was really nice. I mean, for a proper slap up, you know. Let's go out for dinner. The Wolseley is amazing. Love the Wolseley. Can't beat the Wolseley. Whoa. Oh, thank you. you. I hope you like coriander because oh, there's a oh, lot yeah. of Sorry, should I take so much? No, not at all. No, no, that's amazing. This is really good, Mum. Thank you, Jessie. Mum, will you just tell uh, the listeners oh, what, what we are having and Tracy? It's salmon poached with lemongrass and ginger mm. with I don't know you add all fish sauce and things and then vegetables a bit kind of Vietnamese thing delicious do you it like really it really is delicious fantastic Good. thank you this is it not what I'd normally be having for a Monday lunch it can work, on, it can work so on a, a night that the vegetarians aren't in the house maybe yeah that's true so how did the Massive Attack collaboration come about because I guess you were doing similar things at the same time and well kind of although i mean them asking me at that moment still felt like an odd combination you know we weren't at that time considered to be part of that dance world particularly and they were even though they were trying to branch out and you know end up being the group they are now so this thing come out yet no oh okay no so i did i i did the work with massive and that I think came out and then Missing being a hit at the same time because I can remember being in New York with Massive doing a little promo trip and I remember being in the back of a cab with them and G saying to me, um, oh, I've heard, I just was at a club last night and I heard this remix of Missing, you know, did you know that was out there? And I was like, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but that, so that was before it had been a hit or anything. Um, so it was all sort of around the same time. Did you tour with them at a lot? Only a little bit. They did... A few, a few gigs in the UK and Europe and I turned up and would just sort of come on and do my my turn because you know they had that sort of sound system thing going on where they'd have you know guest vocalists that's and the kind of dream it's like this turn no up and do one song yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever miss singing live I know you you've decided you don't want to do it but is there any kind of do you like when you see other performances, you kind of, do you get that nostalgia no, of being on the stage? I mean, I go and see other people, and I do sit there before they come on thinking, oh, I wonder if this will be the moment that I'll think. And actually, I sit watching other people going, oh, I'm glad that's not me. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, you know, I've done that. I'm happy now to be the audience. I'm happy with the, the work I do and what I, you know, got the chance to do, so. What was your favourite thing about being on stage? Um... Thinks <laughs> at the encore. If I'm tell honest. me, tell why? Because you were near the end. Yeah, but in the near the end, in that sense that you've done all the hard work, and if you're at the stage where you've got an encore, it's gone well. And there's there's even that vibe in the audience of sort of slight release. You know, all the hard work of the set has happened. There's you've a kind of the, euphoria. There's that, that slight euphoria in the crowd. There's that feeling on stage that the hard work is all behind you. And I did used to come out on stage with the encore with a real sense of sort of relaxation that was quite liberating. And I think if I'd been able to feel like that from the beginning of the set, I'd have Are you still nervous? Yeah. Have I got coriander um, everywhere? Coriander anyway. um, <laughs> tell yeah, me what I, ha- I have, won't you? I, I yeah. will do. Just because um, I'm a guest, don't not I, tell me. I had to go and see a, a hypnotherapist about it because mm. I just felt like I wasn't kind of being present. I tried that. It didn't work? No. Well, I don't think I wanted it to work, if I'm honest. I think I went a bit sort of 
oh, go on then, see if you can do anything about this, but not mm. really. I think I think I wanted it, it to work, and yeah. I had this... Um, I think it kind of did work. It wasn't like I go into a trance every time I go into mm. on stage. I think I wasn't... I think he taught me how to enjoy the moment more yeah. because I was so I'm such a worrier and mm. I I'm already out. thinking um, yeah I've got my mum's fucking saying <laughs> sing out in my ear ringing gypsy Rosalie you know um <laughs> what's it what's the um oh gypsy gypsy mm. yeah did you go and see it She's yeah mm. we saw it on Broadway we saw it we? on Broadway as mm. well yeah with fantastic amazing yeah it is amazing yeah. but I am the sing out person but um I don't think I was actually appreciating the people that had bought a ticket and who were in front of me and trying to actually just enjoy interacting with them. And I, don't, yeah. I think everyone does it differently. And I'm not saying that I found the best way. Mm. But for me, it gave me so much more pleasure to kind of immerse myself with the crowd. And I think before, especially in the first record, I was literally, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was no. kind of apologetic for being on stage. Yeah. Because do you feel like you've got a kind of bigger confidence now that you are a writer of, you know, of yeah. like... Do you feel like your persona, like when you go and present, you read an excerpt from, you know, the book and just, do you feel more comfortable with that I than do. being a singer? I do. I mean, I feel now like I've got to the stage where everything I do in my life, I feel confident about doing and I feel like I can handle it. And I'm so, I, you know, I don't know whether that's again just to do with getting older and, and being a bit more at ease in your own skin. But you do seem very comfortable with yourself. Yeah, I think you know I who am. you are. And again, I think accepting even the things I don't want to do and just thinking, okay, well, there's no, I don't need to prove that to anyone. You know, I don't have to do this just because other people think I should. Did you feel like there was an expectation of you carrying on once you'd had children uh, by the label or by well, Ben? I don't know. Did, did Ben want to carry on? Like- yeah, Ben would have definitely. And I think, to be fair, I was a bit. Uh, dishonest about it for a while even to myself I think I did that thing of saying oh well I'll have kids but it won't change anything you know which is sort of naive and that thing of you don't realise how much it will change um, but I do think for a year or so I was a bit dishonest and, and saying to everyone it'll be fine Any, you know we'll, we'll go back on tour soon and actually in the back of my mind I was thinking I don't think this is going to happen but it was quite difficult to actually say that to people and then there was a period when I remember us having a meeting with I think record company and our tour agent and and I just said look one solution could be that we do like more festivals you know because that's an easier way of playing to bigger number of people than touring you know you could just go and do a festival so we had a summer where we did a few festivals um and then the last gig I did was the Montreux Jazz Festival oh nice um how was it and it was great i remember it being quite a good gig and enjoying it and then on the way back to the airport the next morning i started feeling sick and then again the next morning and then thought oh, okay and then i was pregnant, pregnant with the <gasps> third child so at that point i thought oh okay this is something life is trying to tell me something here you know that actually even doing festivals now is going to be quite hard work so that was when i um stopped completely so that was the last gig i did was montreux jazz festival which seems now, a hundred years ago, how, when, to me, how, it feels like another life. <laughs> how long ago was it? Um, 18 years ago, 2000. Well, I mean, you kind of, t- you've touched on this a bit, but how was it being on tour with your boyfriend? Mm. I don't know, maybe you never fought or anything, but like, would, would like it change the atmosphere on stage? Did you feel like you kind of could keep this quite professional 
Maybe uh, you didn't need to be professional, I don't know. Yeah, most of the time it was good, because we did get on mostly very well. Mm. Um, so that was good. I do remember a tour of Japan when we were actually sleeping in separate hotel rooms. And I can't remember why now, but clearly things weren't going so well. And then there was an earthquake in the middle of the night. And then you got into bed um, with each and other. And I remember coming out of my room going, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm like fighting my way along the corridor, thinking I'm not going to, after all these years, Aww. but die in a separate hotel room <laughs> to you. <laughs> Oh, Mum's just bought him pud. Mm. I don't know if you... Are you a pudding person? I am a pudding person. Yeah, um, go on. We're having... <laughs> wow. Mum, do you want to say what we're having? It's a chocolate truffle tour. It's very much. We will not be offended if you don't want to it's eat all of it. And yet, and if, I will. <laughs> if you do, I will respect you. <laughs> I'm eating that. Come on. And then, yeah, some kind of orangey tangerine uh, cream if you want it. Oh, thank you. Um, so you're a pudding person. Are you more of a savoury or a sweet person? No, I think I'm a bit of both, to be honest. I'm happy with anything <laughs> I'm given. That treat you're of other a- people doing your food for you. Oh. You're a very easy That's- guest. It's just thank kind you. of, yeah. This is very good. It's very good. No, you're not sure? I think it's too chocolate. It's no, nothing. It's nothing. If, you have, enough, if, you, ha- if you have enough cream with it, you it's need perfect. cream with it. You need definitely. more cream, obviously. Mm. Yeah. You definitely do, don't you? I like it with the meringue bottom. Mm. It's really good. What would be on your death row slash desert island meal? Okay. That so, you, yeah. you had to have for the rest of your life, or it was, oh you know, or you are or happy just... to eat before you're about to get executed. Because I'm not a massive foodie, so I don't have in my mind this sort of, you know, exotic range of dishes. So I think I would choose a meal that would remind me of, I don't know, like food from the past that was... So, in a way, (laughs) I still have this idea of the classic sort of 1970s dining out meal as being something I still aspire to. So, like, a great prawn cocktail... Yes. You know, prawn cocktails, like, when they in. came back into fashion, I was so delighted because <laughs> I thought, oh, I love a prawn cocktail. Am I allowed I to say that too. now? Yeah, I am. So I feel like that's allowed. So I, I would say a prawn cocktail. With, like, ice, like iceberg lettuce, would you have yeah, it with? Yeah, nice, you... nice chopped up. I mean, you get a fancy one. Or do you have it with nice bread? I haven't had a prawn cocktail for so long, actually. So a nice chopped up iceberg lettuce, marrow sauce. Oh. Prawns. We should do that. Oh, we should have done, done it. Very should nice. have asked it. Yeah, sorry. That's no. a good one. Then I would be that's worried shellfish. that I was about to be executed. But that's shellfish, Tracy. <laughs> oh, God. Now I've... You've buggered yeah, yourself. I've buggered myself by saying shellfish. Yeah. You so prawns, like prawns are my exception Fine. to shellfish. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Then, so that's my 70s kind of starter. For yeah. my main course, one of my favourite things in the world is uh, melanzana parmigiana. Oh, Me yeah. too. The yeah. best. So it would be my main... But it's not oh, it's really... A, is it a main course? Matter. I don't know. Well, I don't you're know. dying. You're if allowed I'm to have about to die, want. I would want to People eat a plate of... People have it as a starter, but you're so yeah. full once you've eaten yeah. it. It is so my I have best. it as my main course. I just think it's one of the most delicious things in the world. I could have made that. I made that this week, actually. It's so delicious. Isn't it just delicious? I may nick that. Take them. It's just the best thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that would be my main course. Do you ever make that at home? Yeah, I can make a really good one. What's secret ingredient that we should know about no not well do you fry your aubergines yeah. first yeah you've got to you, and i mean the oil content is oh, the yeah you actually and so you do all yeah. the dripping and drying them but you've just got to accept that they're, they're deep fried aubergines yeah. essentially yeah and then you That's make a lovely tomato so basil sauce and then you buy really yeah. good mozzarella and, and parmesan, parmesan as well. yeah. in there and do you go out for a melanzani 
Parliament Vigiana. No, not particularly. Although we've got a deli near us, Giacobazzi's Deli, which is okay. the most amazing Italian deli, which I've been going to for 30 years. The oh, same nice. people have been running it for 30 years. Renata, hello. Oh. <laughs> probably um, get a free Melazzani now. They're just wonderful. And the most amazing Italian food. They do... You can go and buy a slice of it and take it home in a little Tupperware. Oh, no, lovely. You know, so. Lovely. Pudding? Pudding, well, as you can see, I don't like chocolate. Um, <laughs> she has cleared s- her plate. and it, it, Yeah. yeah. It, anyone who knows me would say... Would you like some more? It, no, honestly, I can't. <laughs> anyone who knows me would say, well, if there's anything chocolate on the menu, Tracy will have that. Okay. okay. So, I mean, it could be that, quite honestly, or fish rolls uh, or like yes. something like that. Yes. Uh, would what would be your drink then that you'd have with your meal? A martini. Oh, dirty or just martini? Just a martini. Vodka or gin? Gin. Tracy, I gin martini. Oh, that is where we do differ. Ooh. I'm a dirty. I'm a filthy martini girl. I can with go vodka, with that. <laughs> but you're a gin. I'm a gin. Just with lemon. Straight up, stressed. Yeah. Best drink in the world, I think. Honestly, the so clean. So clean. I mean, it's basically a health drink, isn't yeah. it? Clean eating, yeah, clean exactly. drinking. It, it works. Yeah. It works. So you're a cocktail girl? Uh, I only really like things like that. I can't be doing with great big, you know, fruity mm. umbrellas. And I like Cosmos. Yeah, I like a Cosmo. Oh, That's nice. Cosmos. I feel a bit naff ordering a Cosmo now, don't, don't you? Do you know what she, I mean? She feel feels like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah. so that's no, why she I didn't realise it. it was from that. But it's <laughs> no, just... Please, Mum, you knew no, it was I didn't. Yeah, But I did latterly, but I'd always like them because they're not too sweet. No, exactly. They're quite... They're kind of fruity, but not too sweet. They've got a tang to them. And they do knock good. your head off, don't they? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, like a drink that gets you straight too. away. You don't have to. Do, would you like no, some red wine? You're all right. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Do you have any table manners you think are not very good of yours or that you don't like in other people? Um, oh, God, I don't know if this counts as table manners, but I did actually tweet this the other day, so I might as well say it out loud. So I said something the other day online about how I could never go on MasterChef and cook pasta because my way of checking whether it's done yeah. is I take a bit out of the pan on a fork and bite into it. And if it's not done, I spit it out into the sink. I think that's okay. Which, yeah, that's all right. Is that all right? Or it yeah, like we're it's not spitting terrible. it back into the no, saucepan. But it seemed like it's probably a terrible table. It's not quite at the table, though. Do, are you so watching Master's Chef? Oh, yeah. Me too, I, I love, watch, it. I love it. Me too. Do you watch lots of cookery programmes? Uh... Yeah, I do actually do watch you like them. Bake or? I, yeah, I find it really relaxing. Just because yeah. it's kind of after dinner, isn't it? You've had dinner, you've put yeah, everything away, and then too, you sit I down and watch it. other people cook. I just love I it. I love it. So, do you have a, a food crush, like a, either a critic food crush or a chef food crush that you like? You always go to their recipes. I mean, I would say Nigel Slater because I did sort of learn. I'd say I learned how to cook from him because I learned just basic things about what goes with what mm-hmm. from reading his books. Um, you know, lemon and basil with chicken is amazing. Rosemary goes with this. Mm-hmm. You know, these mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. those combinations, which I think before that I hadn't quite just joined up things. I was always working to a specific recipe. But there were a couple of early books he wrote that when I read them, I just thought, oh, it sort of clicked. Okay, so these combinations. So if you've just got a few ingredients in front of you, you know you can make... Yes. something tasty if you've got if you've got a lemon and you've got some garlic and you've got some rosemary then yes. okay you're going to be able to make something nice uh-huh. Tracy Thorne thank mm. you so much for coming on Table Manners it is such a pleasure to meet you finally thank you. and to learn all about your life thank you so so much for being on this thank and you for having me thank you for an amazing lunch well, I don't normally eat as well as this pleasure. on Monday lunchtime pleasure yeah.
Well, Mum, we... That was lovely. Well, why are you sounding surprised? It was surprised? a bit of... It was a liquid lunch, actually, oh, wasn't it? Why are you sounding surprised? No, it was, I really enjoyed it. You were not sure. You said, why don't I do something now? I did, but I, it was absolutely delicious. And Did that, you think it was delicious, Alice? Alice Editor is, 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 is agreeing. I really liked it. Um, because the salmon was so beautifully cooked. I always overcooked my salmon. It's interesting that Tracy watches MasterChef like I do. Yeah, Tracy Thorne, what an uh, interesting woman. I Very. felt really lucky to be able to ask her so many questions about kind of her, her career and just that confidence that she has that she could just leave a career behind that so she many people want. She knows who she is, yeah, Jessie, yeah. and she's serene. Really serene. And she felt calming to be with yeah. because she's not anxious, she's not busy, and she's just very, very calm. And she did eat all your pudding. I know. She's a chocolate-like fan. I know. And it was quite sickly, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I just went to Cobox and I feel like I've undone every good thing that I did in Cobox <laughs> by eating that slice of chocolate cake. But it was really good. There was four bars of chocolate and a whole tub of cream in there. Shh. Right, back to Cobox, I know. Yep. Um, thank you so much for listening to Table Manners. I've been Jessie Ware. I'm her mum, Lenny. <laughs> mum, what? you've got to get better at this. What do you want me to say? You're not leaving an answer phone, like, message. Okay. I don't know what you want me to say. Just say, you say it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to why Table you, Manners. But why do you do this like faux polite? You're not polite. Like you're, you're opinionated. Thanks for listening bol- to Table Manners. Give us five stars. That's the woman that I was searching for. Thank okay. you. music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. And the podcast is produced by Cup and Nuzzle. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.